Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Podcast. So, after you guys have requested solo episodes, um, I'm going to give in to peer pressure and give you guys some solo episodes. So I'm not sure if these are going to go out between kind of episodes with guests or they're going to go in as solo episodes on their own for the month of whatever it may be. I've kind of like five or six episodes listed beside me on what topics and stuff like that are coming in from clients on a daily basis, what are coming in through my DMs and what I can see generally what people are struggling with in general. And it's, there's a lot of change going around at the minute and it's a it's 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 tough out there of where to believe your information and where to get your proper information and who to believe and what not to believe all that kind of stuff and it's it's a bit of a minefield so i want people to realize that it's as a coach and as a pt and stuff like that week two can get sucked into rabbit holes of bias and doubt and all that kind of stuff we're not immune to these things so i just want to say before i go into it massive thank you to everyone who has shared has listened to one episode all that kind of stuff so before i go any further if you guys can share this episode or tag me in it or share an episode of the podcast to one of your mates as particularly this episode or whatever other episode you feel resonated with you uh, please do so there won't be any more coaches corner episodes unfortunately um, there will be an announcement on what's happening in the next little while, um, but there's no, not going to be any more Coach's Corner episodes uh, for the foreseeable, so it's going to be solo or guests or just solo for now. Um, and so, yeah, so if you are interested in working with myself on a one-to-one basis um, in a coaching capacity, please do let me know, and you can either contact me through DM, we can book in a call, which the call is free, and we can kind of go get you to where you want to go and we can work through emotional eating we can work through today's topic of self-sabotage we can work through weight loss if you're ready to do it we can get you strong as hell we can get you photo shoot prepped we can work through eating habits all that kind of stuff and stress management the really really unsexy stuff that i love and i work with our clients on a daily basis and i've helped over a thousand people at this stage through the one-to-one to, uh, time that i've been a coach and one of the things that's kind of coming up through dms and contacts and stuff like that is the element of self-sabotage so there is a proper episode on self-sabotage in relation on that's episode 131 so 131 and then there was also an element of it with the likes of leanne ward which we spoke about a little bit more in self-sabotage and the elements of it so one of the big things that kind of one of the things that kind of comes up an awful lot is well i'm a self-sabotager okay so one of the things that couldn't be said is i exercised this morning so i've earned this pizza i'm stressed out after a rough day and chocolate helps me to relax i can treat myself if it's a weekend and i and i ate healthy all week so these things are called toxic positivity and these sound a lot more familiar than people will actually realize so in the years that i've been coaching people on how to actually lose weight i've heard countless clients say i'd be able to lose weight if only i were able to stop self-sabotaging or I'd be able to lose weight if I wasn't a self-sabotager. And they're right to a point. Many people sabotage their weight loss goals. I'm going to help you kind of dig deep and help you recognize what's self-sabotaging when you see it, understand why you're doing it and figure out how to actually overcome it. So big question is to ask, are you an actual self-sabotager? So some of the things and some of the examples, see if these sound like you. You're careful for a while, lose some weight and improve your fitness, then gradually revert back to your old ways. 
you know exactly what to do but can't seem to do it you feel like you could write a diet book with everything you know about weight weight loss but you don't act on it the truth is there's a huge difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it it's easy to hop from one diet to the next without ever sticking with anything if you look at success or their lack of it comes down to our mindset our psychology and our actual habits so no diet that is solely based on the food you will, you will eat will help you figure out why you gain weight in the first place a diet won't fix emotional mindless stress induced eating and it won't fix habitual compulsive binge eating basically a diet won't get to the root cause of why you overeat so if you are someone who is listening to this and is a yo-yo dieter and you have these habits or behaviors and can't identify or are unable to through no lack of education through lack of education or a lack of being taught of how to deal with your emotions or emotional avoidance, then a diet won't fix that. People often think of failure as holding them back. And I frequently hear, I don't want the, I don't want this to be yet another failed diet attempt. But surprisingly, it's a fear of success that holds most people back. The diet, the best diet won't matter. No matter how determined you might feel, if a part of you wants to destroy progress towards your goals, it, it, it's going to try and that little voice you might imagine as a little voice little devil on your shoulder that might speak up and you struggle to turn that off it's like a radio it's on in the background all the time and you kind of latch onto it when you want when you hear a word or a a suggestion from that little voice you reach for it you reach for the stars for it but yet we don't know if that's the actual truth so self-sabotage happens when you're scared of success why would you be scared of success you're going to ask me is the next question well if you're successful any number of fears could be realized for instance you won't you won't have food as a way to temporary escape or quiet your mind at home or work you'll have to deal with uncomfortable feelings and deal with your stuff such as self-doubt regret disappointment or fear because you're not suppressing them with food so if you're being successful with your goal your little voice in your head is going to speak up and ramp up and tell you that you have to go back for food in order to deal with your stuff. But all it's doing is it's losing its mechanism, not a coping mechanism, it's losing its mechanism on how you actually deal with things. And that, that causes fear and unrest and this fear of success comes in. That's fear of losing that mechanism that's held you to where you are. To, to where you're at right now and it's a f- that voice is afraid of letting that go of actually having to deal with the actual emo- emotional and inner turmoil that may be going on unfortunately maybe you'll lose the once i lose the weight well, i will finally safety blanket that actually protects you from taking action on intimidating but but ultimately rewarding prospects like these are real actual psychological roadblocks but nothing can't be and won't be overcome to break this pattern of self-sabotage you need to get to the root of why you're sabotaging yourself and one of the the exercises that i've kind of come across is kind of like a simple worksheet that i've worked with clients on before not all the clients i've worked with because some may not be at that stage of self-discovery yet they may be clinging on to some people may be clinging on to a particular pain and may not be ready to get it but one of the things that I try to get some clients to do is listing five reasons you believe your life will be worse off when you achieve your goal. And some of the reasons that kind of come in when I've received from actual clients themselves is I don't feel like it's possible, so why bother trying? 
nothing works works long term and fading in front of everyone multiple times is embarrassing my boyfriend loves beer i want to go to breweries with him and drink beers without worrying about calories or carbs i'm scared of dating if i know if i lose the weight i'll have no excuse not to get out there i'm worried i'll never be never being able to get my favorite foods again and i always feel deprived i don't want to exercise for hours every day like these reasons all in one have one thing in common our powerful subconscious minds believe that rationalizing ourselves out of weight loss will protect us so listen to that again our powerful subconscious minds believe that rationalizing ourselves out of weight loss will protect us but once we identify the real reasons that you're that we're holding ourselves back we can begin to actually counter them number two it's important to actually challenge your fears question your reasons and poke holes in their logic so you can so you can remove the power I don't feel like it's possible, so why bother trying, is one sentence that kind of can come up. Nothing works long term, and failing in front of everyone multiple times is embarrassing. Is it really true that nothing works long term? You've seen other people accomplish weight loss goals, and you're just capable as they are. What makes them different? Perhaps what you've tried wasn't sustainable. You're worth taking another shot on. Besides, our or your desire to actually lose weight and improve your health doesn't fade. We just tend to either realize our goals or rationalize them away when achieving them gets challenging. So when it gets tough, we tend to give in. And if we're honest, everyone usually comes down to just a few people or anyway, a few people anyway. So bring it back to my boyfriend loves beer. So I want to go to breweries with him and drink beers without worrying about calories or carbs. The big thing is that's a story you can still go to the breweries or the pubs with them however there has to be a balance between living for today and living for tomorrow one solution is to be selective of what where and when you and when you go for those date nights or where you go for those date nights try this ask yourself will i remember this beer in two weeks if so go for it if not skip it i'm scared of dating i know if i lose the weight i'll have no excuse not to get out there what about dating? What about dating are you actually scared of? Is the possibility of rejection? Are you scared all romantic partners will be like your last one? Are you scared to be vulnerable? And this can be hard stuff to think about, but try to be as specific as possible. I'm worried that I'll never being able to eat my favorite foods again and I'll always feel deprived. Any program that demands you to give up your favorite foods is utter horseshit and is ridiculous. Deprivation is not sustainable. Dieting should not mean suffering. Dieting is difficult enough already. You do not need to suffer more. You can enjoy your favorite foods while losing weight. That's a fact. All my clients, the biggest thing that they work on is including their favorite food each day. You can enjoy your favorite foods while losing weight. We teach our clients how to be happy, fit, how to be fit and happy not fit and miserable if you don't enjoy your life as you're as you're losing weight you'll never be able to sustain your weight loss next thing is i don't want to exercise for hours every day you don't have to 80 percent of weight loss is diet i would say it's a little bit more if i'm being 100 percent honest it's about what why and how we eat this is why you see people working their butts off in the gym month after month even with a trainer looking no different it's what you do between that exercise that makes all the difference. 
So you're in the gym potentially an hour a day or whatever it may be. The other 23 hours, recovery, stress management, food, nutrition, all that kind of stuff makes a massive difference. Now that you've actually challenged that actual fear, you can counter them with how you believe your life will be better if you do lose weight. So number three is list three reasons you believe your life will be better once you achieve your goal. So some examples I've gotten from clients are I'll be healthier and reduce my chances of getting preventable diseases. I'll have more energy for myself and my family. I'll feel happy to be in photos instead of hiding away from the camera. I'll be a good role model for my children so I don't repeat my negative food behaviours. I'll finally stop worrying about my weight. Until we actually identify and deal with the reasons we actually fear success, we'll never be successful. A lack of knowledge about what's good for us is rarely the problem on this day and age. There's so much information out there. Instead, we, ta- we tend to suffer from a consistent lack of action. And that usually comes down to what's going on between our ears. Generally, when people think that it's more about motivation, 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 it's not about motivation. It's about looking back and actually what's stopping you. What do you actually want to achieve? Look at what the five reasons why you believe your life will be better once you actually start to lose the weight. Challenge those fears because they are stories. And list five reasons why you believe your life will be worse off when you achieve your goal. I would be surprised if you can actually lift off, list off that many. The thing is like self-sabotage is something that can happen intentionally, but most of the time it happens subconsciously. Like a running belief in the back of your mind, like this little hamster wheel going on and on and on that quickly and quietly manifests things in the way of your dreams, achievements or getting or even worse health and well-being. So, for example, you might act, end up saying a sentence like, my weight has crept up on me, I feel exhausted, achy, suffer from breakouts and blemishes and finally want to take charge of what I eat and lose weight. I'm going to do this. But that little voice in the back of your head says, I can't do this every time I, I try, I fail. It's impossible. Or I have kids, a job and a partner, I don't have the time or even deserve to focus on me. These are the type of limiting beliefs I work with my clients on on a daily basis. These are stories that are self-defeating and they link in with the behavior towards self-sabotage. You can stop self-sabotage. That is the biggest thing. You can change this. You are not alone on this. It's a lot more common than people actually realize. So many people around the world with health goals or healthy goals of trying to, to reach a weight loss target, whatever it may be, achieve better well-being, break free from food and, and start living their healthiest life, suffer from similar patterns like this every day. It can look like a groundhog day cycle. And one of the big questions is, when I look at food and I put on weight, why can't I just keep off the weight? We can look at diet pages, we can look at books, we can look at scrolling websites, we can look at read influencer posts or whatever it may be, or look at Instagram on my post or listen to this podcast. But we struggle to actually apply the relevant information. Like there's so many self-help books probably up on the, sh- on the shelves in your house right now, or you've listened to audio books. But we just can't, can't seem to apply it to ourselves. This feeds into that actual narrative of self-questioning and doubt. How come he or she can do that? Or they can do that? Why can only celebrities do that? Wellness seems to be only achievable on Instagram. 
And sometimes the one thing that stands in our way of actually success with the diet isn't actually the diet itself. Because all diets do work. The basic premise of every diet out there is a calorie deficit. Whether it's wrapped or sold differently, it's the basic premise of a diet is you need to be in a calorie deficit, which is eat less calories than you actually need over a consistent point of time. But the biggest factor that stops an awful lot of us is the actual individual themselves. So what I actually find myself reminding people of is that there's a very large gap between finding what to do and actually implementing it. Success or a lack of success all comes down to the powerful, the most powerful tool you have, your mind, your habits, your mindset and your psychology, which I've spoken about. No diet or special diet will deal with any of that kind of stuff. No miracle diet will actually try and figure that out for you or deal with that kind of stuff for you. So it's looking at the main reasons for this. So like if we were to look at the actual definition of what sabotaging oneself is said to be, it's the behavior, thought or feeling of deliberately or unconsciously attempting to create problems that interfere with goals, relationships or even daily life. And some of the most common forms of self-sabotage in terms of health goals are self-sabotage and assisted sabotage. Like one simple form of self-sabotage that we can relate to is the CAN cycle. It's the C-A-N. You start off your health goals with a positive attitude of, I can do this, until after some time, this positivity or self-belief starts to fade into, I can't. One major factor behind self-sabotage, as you've probably guessed by now, is your actual inner critical voice. It's that little voice that I've spoken about previously. It's like a little devil on your shoulder. These critical inner voices begin to form starting from early experiences, early life experiences. We then internalize this behavior and take it away as something that we should actually think about ourselves. So the most frequently these kind of like negative critical voices come from the attitude of our actual parents or our primary caretakers. So we're like sponges as kids. During our childhood, we'll gather negative attitudes that parents may not even have towards the children, but perhaps have towards themselves. We follow by our parents' example and begin to see the same issues in ourselves. Our inner voices are then compounded from interactions with friends, siblings or influential adults like teachers, grandparents or coaches kind of some of the thoughts that kind of can come in in relation to self-sabotage may sound a lot like being scared of change. I'm comfortable where I am. Failing, why try when it won't work? Stress, I need food to help me relax. Lack of self-worth, I'm not worthy of feeling my best. I Willpower, I can't. Or motivation, I'm too tired for this. I have a very common fear of missing out on so-called from food and alcohol. Everyone is having fun and pizza, how about me? You don't need to suffer. You can have your favorite foods if you want. When a lot of people dig into self-sabotage, they talk about self-worth and not being good enough. And one of the exercises I sometimes get clients to do, depending on where they're at, is actually getting them to define what enough is. So if you say that you're not good enough or I'm not enough, define what enough is. And you normally get this blank message or you get like a black, a blank, I don't know what this means or I don't know how to say this or I don't know what to describe it. It's like, well, if you can't define what enough is, how can you strive for it? 
you know what a horse is so you, you're gonna you know what a horse looks like so you know you're you know what you're gonna get and what you're gonna buy you know what a piece of broccoli looks like you know what a protein bar looks like so if you don't know what enough is how can we actually strive for it so the seven main reasons why you're self-sabotaging your diet are healthy goals and we have that clear understanding of what it is the main one is you're scared of success it's that little voice of when you're actually starting to see progress creeps back in because it's letting go of that safety blanket that protects you from taking action and moving you towards the direction you say you want to go but that's a voice you're still in control that voice can't control you or tell you what to do it's the same voice that tells you to run across the road in front of traffic but you know better to look left and right it's like an inner bully so when if you think about it and listen back to the episode of one of the client episodes with Grace and she talks about that naming that bully she gave that bully a name and when we walked through this first she was kind of like oh this is really strange like this is very like wishy-washy I was like it is wishy-washy but it's going to work I had every confidence in the tool that we used so we looked at it from a point of view naming that bully and when that bully speaks up and saying thank you for that but what most people will do is say fuck off to the voice or that they'll they'll say that's not that they'll start to believe that voice or they'll fuel it with more negativity that that negative voice loves negativity it really really does it fuels off it it thrives off it like nothing can't be overcome so you need to get down to the actual deep down struggles and have some breakthroughs look at what's actually stopping you is it something that happened in childhood is it something that happened with one of the kids is it something that happened in school was it bullying when we repress things a volcano will erupt when we actually deal with our stuff it can be painful and will be painful but it's building up building up and building up and that's why so many people are struggling right now they haven't been taught how to actually deal with their emotions. They haven't been taught of actually how to deal with the relevant things that are going on in their lives and how to express them. It's one of the things that I've had to do myself. I know how difficult it is. But I will always ask the question of what happens if it all works out? Why am I any different to anyone else? And the funny thing is the people that we think have their full shit together and no one has their full shit together by the way we put them up on pedestals because they they look a certain way that could be anything that could be genetics that could be drugs that could be anything whatever it may be but also that's linked to solely based on how they look and it's unleashing you need to open up those wounds talk to a counselor go for cbt work with someone that actually knows what they're doing by identifying them it's the actual first step another way you kind of self-sabotage your diet is you tell yourself you will be different you tell yourself tomorrow will be different i always kind of tell my clients that like this is not the the monday cycle as in diet starts monday don't tell yourself tomorrow or monday will be different instead do something different right now 
we tell ourselves this with the hope that something will change eventually as if something a little while from now will magically shift our negative mindset and habits with food or exercise. It's not how it works. But as you've probably realized by now, habits, shifts, mindset resets and self-control isn't something that happens. It develops after resilience, which I believe we all have some element of resilience. We just put it into certain areas we're more comfortable with. It's the areas that we're not comfortable with we need to put it into. Stop telling yourself tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow you're not going to be magically find time to go to the gym, make that tough shift of eating a healthy dinner and skip those endless snacks at the desk. That, that's too much and much so much overwhelm that's going to drive you. Like, Don't fall into the trap of thinking you'll make great future choices and excuse your present actions. Instead, commit to the now, to doing the present, to, to, to actually positively embrace what you can in your life. Do something now. Win your next meal. Go for a walk. Go to bed. Get off social media. Talk to a friend. They're all easy, easy things. If you read Atomic Habits, one of the things in order to build a habit it needs to take less than two minutes to do. Putting on your gym gear could be a simple one. Brushing your teeth could be a simple one. Going for a walk could be a simple one of putting on your runners. Having a glass of water. Taking a big deep breath in and saying, right, am I actually hungry enough for fruit? Taking a big deep breath in and saying, what actually do I need right now? What emotions am I actually avoiding? If I'm so stressed, what can I tweak with work? Can I talk to my boss? Like number three is I've never been successful with my health, so what's the point I'm trying now, which I've spoken about before. You can break this kind of vicious cycle when you stop focusing too much on achieving weight loss, perfect fitness routines, or stopping all negative eating habits fast. It's taking you a while to build those habits, it's going to take time to rewire, is the word, those habits. Lasting health actually happens when you turn unhealthy habits into healthy habits. You can't force it and don't try to. Incorporate little things over time and you'll be surprised how fast these small changes can turn into habits. Have some frozen veg in the, fr in the freezer. Throw some of that into your dinner. Want to drink more water? Have a pint of water with your main meals want to get some sleep get freedom on your phone and lazy to stop scrolling aimlessly on social media want to break up your day make little meetings for yourself these are all so easy but most people are like nah that's too easy I'm not going to believe it well try it you're making it more difficult by not trying it The next one is food is your emotional crutch. So many people have food issues, unfortunately, and it is an illness and please go and talk to someone about it. But emotional eating is what I'm going to talk about. So binge eating is when you lose control and can't stop. It's like an outer body experience. Emotional eating is you know what you're doing, but you choose not to stop. That's the big difference. 
Emotional eating would look like leaning on food as a coping mechanism during experiencing a life event, using it to soothe, calm, distract, and providing kind of like a temporary or short-term release of feeling satisfaction. It's in our very psyche to associate food with our emotion. It's in our psyche to have food as comfort. That's a normal thing. We all do it. That's why when we feel ourselves in a strong positive or emotional negative state, we tend to crave high calorie processed, high sugar foods. And some people say then turn to binge eating, unfortunately. Others may start grazing where you constantly eat throughout the day or the night. Basically, we don't crave those certain foods. What we do is we our brain epicenter and our brain lights up that we associate those certain foods, the processed foods, the salty foods, the sugary foods, the carbohydrate rich foods with happier times in our life. And then when we get into a lower mood, we tend to go want to reach for those foods to kind of light up that dopamine reward hormone in our head, the endorphin hit, happy hormone in our head. But the problem with that is in order for it to light up each time, it needs more food, it needs more hit, it needs more self-soothing in order to light it up. And then that vicious circle happens. So it's not actually that food you crave, it's more the craving and actually how it actually makes you feel afterwards. But if we look at it and say, is that a tool actually working? People will say no. But then we look at why do we continue to do it? Because it's easier than dealing with the stuff that's going on but is not is not dealing with the stuff that's going on easier than continuing to go down the route that we're potentially going down ask yourself what do you need right now potentially go upstairs get a photo of when you were and your kid would you be happy with how you're talking to that child would you be happy if you heard any of your friends talking to yourself the way you're talking to yourself right now Write down how you actually feel. I heard an amazing quote um, from Pat Tooley's amazing book uh, from Ed Sheeran. So when people are starting to journal or write down things, it's like emptying a tap. The dirty water will come out first and the clearer water will come out next. Journaling isn't perfect. It doesn't have to be. It's not a contest. Everyone's is different. What we're trying to do is trying to almost delay the gratification think you want in any one moment ask yourselves take a big deep breath in interrupting that pattern am i eating to numb this feeling if i eat this will i truly enjoy it or will i feel hollow will i feel better after eating this is this what i need right now do i really want this will i feel guilt or shame after eating this if you feel that you'll feel nourished and feel satisfied, work away. If you're in the early days of tracking your emotions, you may need to use a mood food journal and actually pause and say, well, what actually is going on right now? If you can identify the feeling, take a big deep breath in and say, what do you need right now? What's truly going on? Am I bored? Is food going to solve boredom? Well, I'm just sitting watching TV and I've had a stressful work day. Okay, so what do you actually need? I need to unwind. Okay, so what do you need to do to unwind? I need to take a big deep breath in. Because food's not going to solve the stress. It's numbing the stress. 
and then it's just going to come back with a vengeance. It's like putting a plaster over a leak in a sink. Sure, it'll work for a little while, but it's not going to fix the problem. It's about identifying those stressors. One of the big things then, number five on it, is lack of self-worth. So when you suffer from a lack of self-esteem, self-confidence, self-pride, self-worth, and or self-belief, thoughts about the way you see yourself and how you feel about yourself and abilities purposely undermine your actual health efforts. Self-esteem is what you perceive other people think of you. Self-confidence is what you think you should be acting. Many times, a deep down part of your figures, of you figures that you lack self-control or willpower to achieve control over what you eat and forming healthy habits and psychological habits is getting what you deserved. It's like if you feel like you're not good enough and like you deserve those negative patterns. You tell yourself living in an unhealthy state is punishment for all the bad food and health choices you've made. This is where it's so important for you to recognize limiting beliefs and process your thoughts. Write them out. Break a page into two. Left-hand side facts, right-hand side opinions. Write out what you're actually feeling and put it into the relevant column. I'd be surprised if most of it doesn't come into opinions. The messages you actually give yourself through not just your, your own conscious but also your conscious self-talk have a very, very strong ability to kind of affect your behaviours and results. Kind of constantly reinforcing the idea that you're fat and lazy or useless and ugly will end you in fully believing it. If you tell yourself that story over and over again, you're going to start believing it. But that key word that I said there is story. So if you have subconscious and unconscious beliefs blocking your progress, affirmations like I am willing to release weight now and I deserve to be happy. When you reassure yourself with positive thoughts, you build that kind of positive muscle in your brain. It is there. It is important for you to potentially go and talk to someone if it's deep, 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 deep enrooted. Another one can be, we need to like round it up and say, well, this will get you out of your comfort zone. And hopefully it will help you to kind of isolate and deconstruct some of the, the habits that you have at the minute. Like you have, it's not, it's, whatever's going on right now isn't down to willpower. That's not what it's down to. It's down to that little voice letting it win. We all have it. But the only way to really not let it harp on is actually kill it with kindness. That inner bully, give it a name, talk to it. Write down as a fact for your opinion. It's showing up when you don't really want to. Asking yourself, what do you need right now? Going to talk to someone. Dealing with your emotions. You can't diet yourself out of emotional eating habits. But you can work through emotional eating habits so that you're successful with your weight loss. It doesn't happen the other way around. And that's what I'm going to do is a different episode on that in a second. So hopefully this episode has helped you. If it has helped you, please do tag me up in your stories. The more people hear this, the more people it can help, the more people 
that I can get away from that yo-yo dieting. So I'd love to hear the feedback. DM me, share it. If you're interested in working with me as a, on a coaching one-to-one basis, please do let me know. If you want me to do a retreat, if you want me to do group coaching, if you wanted to book in a consultation, if you want to do a live talk or a webinar, please do let me know. I put something up in my story when this has gone out and some of the feedback has been fantastic. And you guys give me feedback, you ask and you will achieve and receive. So guys, I wish you the very best. So thank you for listening to this episode. That voice is your subconscious. Fact v opinion. What do you need right now? Are you hungry enough for fruit? If you're emotionally avoiding, we you can't avoid things forever. It just won't end very well. So hopefully this episode has helped.